Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. The book of Proverbs is a great, great book for everyone to take a daily digest of. I think that if you're looking for snippets of wisdom that can be put into your life, I think the book of Proverbs would be that kind of book. The book of Proverbs is nothing more than a father talking to a son. I believe it's Proverbs chapter 1. You get down to about verse 5, verse 6, and he uses and introduces for the very first time, my son. So this is a father sitting down with the son trying to educate him about life. Here is what you're going to experience. Here is who you're going to face. He talks to his son about many different types of people that he is going to face and many types of different situations that he's going to face in this wisdom book. This book by far is the book that you and I would go to And invariably, you're going to read something that's going to be so apropos to what is going on in your life. It's timely. Such is the case with Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 33. It's just one little verse that happens to lie among a bed of wisdom. And right here in verse number 33, can we kind of read that out loud together? Are you ready? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. Ready? Begin. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. I'm going to preach this morning on this subject, the lot, the lap, the Lord. There is sitting here, it talks about the lot. I think that this is very timely in your life and mine. There is no way that I know what's going on in each of your lives and other than having a conversation with you. But even then, having a conversation with you about a burden, about a a heart's desire, about something that's going on, nobody ever reveals totally what's going on for the sake of you're overwhelmed and why would I want to overwhelm you, Pastor? But this lot... Lot in the Bible is something that is, was a pebble. It was a colored stone. Uh, it was a rough stone. And so this lot was used all throughout the Bible. Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 8. Aaron used two lots to determine which goat would belong to the Lord and which one would be sacrificed and which one would be set free as a scapegoat. The lot was used in 1 Chronicles chapter 26 to find out where they would serve. The lot was used in Jonah, if you remember in the story, to where who was responsible for this evil thing that was happening. A lot was used in 1 Samuel chapter 14 to determine if the people would take Saul or the people would take Jonathan. In John chapter 19, lots were cast. These smooth cut, these rough colored pebbles, they were cast to see who would get the garments of Jesus. Acts chapter 1, these lots were, were, were cast to see who would take the place of Judas Iscariot as the apostle, as a replacing apostle. Casting lots was to determine the outcome. Casting lot was the beginning of a situation that all of a sudden it was like, what do we do? Well, let's cast lots. 
So when the father spoke to the son and said, look, the lot is in the lap. The lot will be cast into your lap. But please know this, that whatever is cast into your lap, the disposing of this, that's of the Lord. This morning, my spiritual truth I want to give you in the sermon this morning is, is very simple. If you were to look in your lap right now, the lap being your life, if you were to look at what is going on in your life right now, and you look at this lot, this colored pebble stone of a circumstance, a situation, a decision that you have to make, something that's going on, whether it be with your family, with your friends, and you woke up one day, and whether it be today or whether you've been dealing with this for a season, and you said to yourself, I don't even know how to look at this. It could be a financial reversal. It could be on the edge of marriages in the, in the beginning stages of a divorce. It could be the loss of a child. It could be the news of a terminal illness. It could be being a victim of abuse. It could be being the object of someone's hate and gossip. It could be a bitterness over a past action. It could be a change in everything you built your life upon. It could be a special needs child. It could be a husband who has been unfaithful, a wife that right now is in a season of darkness, a crippling disease. And I could go on and on and on, but I'll tell you this, whatever this lot that now you look at in your life, it's in your lap. It's right here in your life. And what this father was telling this son was this, this lot that is cast into your lap, God already has a verdict about that lot. Isn't that wonderful? You see, what to you and I is something that, oh no, I'm going to have to go through this. The word disposing is a judicial term that means the judge has already made a verdict about it. It doesn't mean dispensing. It doesn't mean disposing. It, as you and I know it, it means it's a verdict. It is one of those things that now the God has already come down and God has already made a judgment call about it. Whatever you're going through right now, God's not evolving with you. God's already looked at it and God has already made a judgment call. God's already decided. God's already has heard the case long before you ever saw the lot, and he's already made a decision. You see, you're still trying to figure out how do I feel about it. You and I are still trying to figure out where do I put it. How do I take what's going on in my life, and how do I place this? How do I look at it? The reason people are quiet sometimes, the reason people are distant sometimes, the reason that a relationship today is not the relationship you're going to have tomorrow is because whenever something is put into your lap, whenever something is put into your life, then you say, I've got to make a decision. What decision do I make? How do I even look at this? How do I feel about this? Let me give you five things this morning, and I really want to help you, and I want to bring to the table that when you're facing these kind of things in your life, please know this about God, that God, number one, is not shocked about what you're shocked about. God doesn't look at it from underneath. If I were to take the microphone and I were to ask people in this room, tell me situations that you went to bed, everything's okay, but you woke up and everything was not okay. 
If I gave you the mic by a show of hands, how many would have a story? Would you raise your hand? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Know this, God's not shocked by that. When God saw the colored pebble come into your life, God saw it long before you ever knew about it, and God is right here, right now, not like your friend. You see, when you tell your friend about it, they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know. Your friend has a reaction. When you come in and you sit down and say, Pastor, can I, can I tell you what's going on? I try not to have a reaction. I try not to go there in emotions. But y'all have to agree. Some of the discussions that, that we've had as pastor and church member, when you've come in and you've just kind of put it on the table, it's been like, are you kidding me? And there are some times that y'all straighten up your halos. There's some rednecks that are like, I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to go take care of it all. Pastor, what do you think? And I'm thinking to myself, sounds good to me. <laughs> like just this morning, I was having a conversation with one of our men, and he was telling me a story about his life that I, I never knew. And he said this, good thing. And he started talking about concealed carry, and it's good. Thing. And I'm like, I walked away thinking, praise God, he doesn't carry. <laughs> but there are some times that you'll, you'll call your friend up, and don't you love these beginning words? You're never going to believe what just happened. Y'all, that is that sweet smell to the soul of a gossip. <laughs> Those words are like drop everything. Or don't you love the text, call me right away. I've got something to tell you. And then you try to call and they don't answer. And you're like, would you pick up the phone? I am dying to know. And then don't you love it, wives, when you are like, I just can't wait to tell my best friend this. And you text her and say, this is what's going on. And your husband says, don't say a word. Does that word submission apply right now? Y'all, listen, God's not shocked. And by the way, God is not reacting like you are reacting. God is not there where you're at. So please know this. The lot is cast into the lap. Look at the text here. But the whole disposing thereof. Did you see that? It just didn't say the disposing. Guess what he said? The whole thing I've already verdict on. Now, now, now you and I are so like, God, if you'll take 90% of it, but if I can hang on to about 10% of it, I'll get satisfaction. No, God says, I know how to dispose of the entire thing. I don't care what situation you're in today, and I don't care what is coming your way. Always remember this, that your God is not shocked by what is going on in your life. The second thing I want to tell you is this. Your lap's big enough to take whatever lot fell into it. Your lap is big enough. Would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12? I love God's word because God comes along to us, and don't you love what he's about to say? Your lap is big enough to carry the lot. Look, look at 2 Corinthians. Brother Lot, do you feel like I'm talking about you right now? I, I just dawned on me that I am taking your name in vain all service today. So, and, uh, ah, go ahead, right? Are you okay with this? Okay, all right, here we go. You ready? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure. 
through the abundance of revelations, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing. I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, and he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take what, what, what is that word? Pleasure. Excuse me? Like pleasure in infirmities? Pleasure in reproaches? Pleasure in necessity? Pleasure in persecution? Pleasure in distresses? For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I what? You know what Paul said? I got this lot that's been cast into my lap, and I'm telling you right now, I don't want this thing. God, you take it. You know what God's verdict was? You keep it. No, no, God, you take it. God's like, you keep it. I don't want it. Yes, you do. No, God, I don't want this. Yes, you do. And by the way, not only are you going to keep it, but you're going to be excited about it. You're going to get all pleasure out of it. That's a tall order. And I believe that there are Christians maybe sitting in this room or listening online that all of us need to understand what is a shock to you. This is not how I planned my family. This is not how I planned my retirement. This is not how I planned my job. This is not how I planned my future. This is not how I did this. God's going. I already knew this was coming when I created you. I'm God. I'm God. Nothing shocks me. Number two, you'll be okay. And when we think, how am I going to be okay? Listen, you're going to be okay because of one thing, his grace. Did y'all hear that? Isn't that a wonderful thing? His grace. Now, there'll come a day when you won't need grace because you'll have him. But right now, you need grace. You need the grace to go through what is going on in your life. And that grace is like spiritual amnesia. Do you know what grace is? You're experiencing grace with air conditioning. In the state of Texas, like it is in Jonesboro, Arkansas, it gets hot and humid. It doesn't matter. In, in, the, in the sun or in the shade, it's hot and it's humid. But when you get to your car, that's grace. And God's ability to, to let you forget about what's in your lap. Now, guys, we don't have this problem, but how many of you ladies with your skirts have put something in your lap, sitting in the car, and then you get out of the car, and what's in your, Miss Kelly, I'm not preaching at you right now, but I'm just going to get something off my chest here, and, uh, and, and, and then all of a sudden, what's in your lap, we have lost more cell phones by, it's, should I just stop right here? You want me to stop? I'm, I'm a man. I'm preaching on this side, and, uh, but I can't tell you how many times Kelly and I have been riding together, she puts that phone in, the, in that pocket of that lap of that skirt, and then she'll get out and Bam, you hear it hit the ground, and it's like, and for her, the one time we were at a state park kind of taking, a, taking an afternoon to go enjoy, and she was like, I hope, man, I really hope he just didn't hear that. And I'm like, I heard it. It sounded like a crash to you. It was like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching to me. 
and then the screen gets cracked. Do you know some of you have been carrying around lots that God's allowed you not to think about them? How do you forget? You know what it's called? Grace. Grace. We went to a men's meeting not too long ago, and, uh, and one of the speakers, Dr. Bob Smith, his uh, left hand, he got caught underneath a, a saw and, uh, several years ago, and it cut, off, it, <laughs> it cut off all his fingers. I know it's not funny, but to him, you should hear him talk about it. He's got the greatest disposition about the nub. You know, the nub, like they were asking, how many burritos do you want for the next morning at the men's meeting? And he just went like that. And, and, and Brother Lasseter was like, is that five? Is that four? Is that three? I mean, how? And, and, and so I said, Brother Smith, do you ever go to reach for something? Do you not, is everybody with me? Do you ever go to reach for something? He said, you want something weirder than that? I not only reach for it, but I can feel my hand wrap around it, and then when I go like this, the cup doesn't go nowhere. And, I'm, and, I, and, I, and, and I said, does it hurt? He said, no, no, it hurts at times. But then he said this, I forget a lot of times that I don't even have fingers. Do you know what God's grace does? Without God's grace, you would feel every lap, every time, every moment of every day, and this is why people commit suicide sometimes, and this is why people stay high, and this is why people get drunk, and this is why people do this, and this is why they're trying to forget this feeling. Let me tell you something. You know how we forget it? We don't forget it by feeding the flesh. We forget it with the Spirit of God that's on the inside, and the Spirit of God gives us that grace, that air condition, that amnesia to where we're not thinking about all the difficulties that we're going through. And I will tell you the reason your life is big enough because God knows how to take which lot and match it to which thing that's going to keep you humble. Isn't it amazing that you limp in the right areas of your life? Because if you didn't limp in that area, we couldn't live with you. So whatever handicap that you're putting in the windshield of your life, that you're like, I don't like this lot. I, I don't like this. God tested Job with his physical and with his finances and with his family and with his friends. And it's one thing to be tested in one area. But when you're tested in two areas, and then all of a sudden you're tested in three areas, I don't want to be like Job. God, give me one area at a time. But God gave him all four areas. Think about the lot that was cast in the lap of the Lord. But God already knew his verdict about where it fits and what it's for. And I think for you and I, that's why we walk by faith. And I would encourage you that if right now something's been landed in your lap that you're like, no, 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 God, I didn't plan this, and I don't like that color. That color doesn't look good on me. I... I Katie Woods, she has red hair. Connor has red hair. And the uh, last teen convention, we were dividing them up for teams, and, and Katie was like, please don't put me on the red team because red clashes with my hair. And guess what team she ended up on? She ended up on the red team, and she stared holes through me the entire convention. There are some of you that are like, I don't like that color. And isn't it, isn't it a little bit narcissistic of us, a little bit full of ourselves when we look at somebody else's lot? And we go, um, God, if I could trade with their lot, I, I, I could handle their lot. 
I think I can handle that. No, no, God knows. Because if you look at 2 Corinthians, look at it, and less, seven gives us what's going on. Look at it. Your life's big enough because your life was meant to carry your situation. Look at it. And lest I should be what exalted above measure. You know what he said? He said it again at the end of verse number seven. Lest I should be exalted above what measure. You know what God is trying to do? God is trying to keep you touchable with your life. If you'd never had a problem, you wouldn't have a connect with people. There are some people that don't get we have a special needs son. There are several of us in the church that have special needs children. And it is amazing how that people with special needs understand other family with special needs and they get it. And can I just say to Emmanuel Baptist, thank you for, for on behalf of those with special needs children for loving our children unconditionally. Thank you. Because I'm going to tell you something. You get it. You get it that at any time, any one of our children could do something that would be out of the ordinary. Y'all, the greatest fear of anybody with a special needs children is, God, please, when they go to church, May the Spirit of God rest upon them. <laughs> Am I right, Brother Hicks? May the Spirit of God rest upon them. First time I met Hunter. Arr! <laughs> like, dear God, in the middle of preaching, please don't let him holler out like that. And, uh, and, and RG is like awkward. My biggest fear is that during the middle of preaching, RG is going to go awkward. And then Skylar's going to squeal at me. And it's going to be, and Luke is going to break into a run with a hallelujahs. And, uh, and, and, and I'm sitting here going, God, you have been so kind to us. But isn't it amazing that when we look as a, I, I could handle theirs and they could handle, no, no, no. Listen, God has put this right in your life of how to keep you humble. I truly believe, I love sports. I am a legend in my own mind. I am waiting for Longview Christian Academy to retire my jersey, number 34, I'm waiting for it to be hoisted through the rafters and be like the ceremonies of the spotlights, which are flashlights, and uh, and walk out and get a goldish cup. That's about that tall. And uh, you know, and I truly believe that one of the reasons is that with RG being special needs, God knew that I would be so involved in sports. God knows, does He not? But see, I didn't figure that out till 30 years later. This lot that's cast into this lap. Do not look at the color pebble cast into your life and think to yourself, God, I don't like that color. God, that's not fair. No, 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 no. We have to look at everything that comes into our life as this. God, you knew it was coming. God, you knew that to the degree of hurt I would experience is to the degree of grace I would receive. If you're living in the lot, if you're living in the hurt, plug into God's grace. And what God's grace will do is he will supersede. Where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. This is what God has. God is not evolving with your lot. God is already knows what he wants from that lot. He already knows what he wants. Would you please go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16? 
By the way, if Makara ever, Makara's the one I get a hug from and she runs from me. So I, I promise you, if I go after Makara, she's going to be like, Brother Metters, the good girl right there. I thought she tripped her mama the other day at Bible study. But anyways, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. You say, Pastor, how do I know what God's doing? Look at this. First of all, you're saved, which means this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Would you read the last phrase with me, please? Read it out loud. But we have the mind. Do you realize the day you got saved is the day you, you received the mind of Christ? If you're living here with a lot in your life and you're driving yourself crazy trying to figure out where does this fit, what do I do with this, how do I even look at this, let me tell you something, the day you got saved, you have Christ's mind. You have God's mind living on the inside of you with the Holy Ghost of God. You don't have to wonder. And then if you would, go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. Would you please look at the second thing he gave you? He not only gave you the mind of Christ, but he gave you his word. Don't you love this? Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. Look at this. And is a what? Discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you get a lot that's cast into your lap and it's not the right color for you, it is too rough for you, listen, you have the mind of Christ. And before you act upon that lot, find out what God has to say about what is going on in your life. And you don't realize this, but the Word of God will get all the way down into who you are and it'll start discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart of your emotion. What a wonderful thing it is to go, God, I'm facing a situation and I don't even know what to do. But you get on your knees and you just start reading the word of God and God's word gives you how to look at this. Listen to what he said. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Listen to what the Savior said. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Mark, Matthew chapter 6. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The hardest thing you and I will ever do with this has been dropped in our lap. This is not what we want. Is for us to say, God... You already know your will for this. I want your will. I want what you want. And God, the whole thing is yours. I need to know. The last thing I want to tell you, and then we're done this morning, is today's lot is necessary for tomorrow's lot. If you think God's done allowing lots to be cast into your lap, not going to happen. How many would agree that they come in triplets sometimes? How many's ever heard that said? You start believing stuff like that, and it's like, here it comes. Here it comes. I think somebody lied about that. I think they come in fours and fives and six and sevens and eights. <laughs> you know, you get past that third one, and it's like, mm, we're good. 
Because mama said, they always come in threes. And then when you get that fourth one, it's like, here we go. Now I got to wait till six. And there it goes. Now I got to wait till nine. And it's just like, yeah, are we done yet? God, God is preparing you for difficult times. There are a lot of things that, that if I could just use Kelly and I's life, there's a lot of things that have been dumped into our lap that, that it was like, God, we don't like this. And if you think I'm picking up pom-poms and cheering about this, you've lost your mind. I'm not, no, I'm rebelling. I'm going to hold back my cheer because I don't like what you just did. But we've had to learn. And wouldn't you know it that at, at some point, I was able to take what we went through back here and use it for somebody else up here. How many would testify right now by a raise of hands that you were able to use a difficult situation to help somebody else? Would you raise your hand? Yes. You're not an expert because you went to school. You're an expert because you lived it. You lived it. That, that, that's why you don't want a doctor fresh out of college. Would you go do an intern someplace? Would you go through a couple of surgeries and just watch? I don't want to be your first head to cut as a barber. I don't want to be your first patient. I don't want to be your first car as a mechanic. No, no, no. I don't want any of this. Work on your own car. And you and I must understand that God is giving you the experience for the it factor of your life. So whatever's dropped into your lap today, know this, that your God is way ahead of your future. God is not shocked. God already knows how he looks at it. He's already disposed of it. The only thing we have to do is get in God's mind and then live that he knows what is going on. We carry heartache. We carry burdens. We carry situations. And all of us seem to have that number on our forehead of just how many we can handle before we're going to short circuit. And you know what God says? You can handle everything I give you as long as you have my grace. Because God's working you up to give you the experience you need that at some point down the road, you're going to be able to help somebody. What right now is in your life that you look at and you say, I don't like this in my life. I don't want this put in my life. Give it to somebody else. God's come along and he said this, I know how I look at that and I know how I want that to be viewed. And when we look at it through the eyes of God, guess what's going to happen? We will be okay. I read this story. An elderly couple retired to the countryside to a small isolated cottage overlooking some rugged and rocky uh, land. One early morning, the woman saw from her window a young man dressed in working clothes walking on the hill about 100, 100 yards away. He was carrying a spade, a small case, and then he disappeared behind a group of trees. The woman thought no more about it, but around the same time the next day, she saw the man again carrying his spade and a small case, and again he disappeared behind the trees. The woman mentioned this to her husband, who said he was probably a farmer or a gamekeeper setting traps or performing some other country practice that would be perfectly normal. Don't worry. However, after several morning sightings of the young man with the spade, the small case, and disappearing over the next two weeks, the woman persuaded her husband to take a stroll early 
before the man arrived. So to the group of trees they went to investigate what was this young man doing every day about this time. They found, surprisingly, a long, deep, deep trench that was rough and uneven at the beginning, but became much neater and tidier toward the end of the trench. How strange, the old lady said. Why dig a trench here and in such difficult, rocky ground? Her husband agreed. Just then, the young man appeared early as usual with his spade, his box. You're early, said the old woman, making light of their of their obvious curiosity. We wondered what you were doing, and we also wondered what was in the case. I'm digging a trench, said the man who continued, realizing they needed a much bigger explanation. He said, I'm actually learning how to dig a good trench because the job I'm being interviewed later today says that experience is essential. So I figured I better get started getting experience. I want the job. That's why I started digging the trench. Oh, the case? It's got my lunch. Do you know what God's doing? God wants to make you an expert with whatever just landed in your lap. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. You say, but pastor, you don't know how difficult this is. I may not know, but your Lord knows, and God knows how he looks at it. God's been good to all of us. Would you not agree with that? And God's taken us through some very difficult times. But isn't it amazing? He took us through it. Whether we kicked and screamed about it, it was okay. And whether we faithed our way through it, it was okay. So when you wake up and you find something in your lap that you're like, I don't like this, I don't like what's going on, know this, God already knows how to, he looks at it. Let's just get in. God, how do you look at it? That's when you yield. Can I ask you a question this morning as I close? Have you yielded to God with what's going on in your life right now? Have you taken whatever the difficulty is and you've gone to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your mind on how to look at this. I'll end with this. You know what fasting is? Fasting is letting go of the earthly and turning to the heavenly and grabbing a hold of God and saying, God, I need you. I don't necessarily need this taken care of. I need you. And I'll tell you, sometimes if you have a big lot in your life and you're like, I let go, let go of the, take some time and just say, God, I need you. God, please. You know how to dispose. You know the verdict. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.